Welcome back, or welcome to the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast. I am your host, Coach Brad, or Brad Minus, where I bring you one of three things every single Wednesday. I'll either bring you information on printing tips for any of your endurance sports, or I will bring you an interview with an influencer, or a coach, or another age group athlete, or I will bring you a product review. But today is going to be more like number one. You know why? Because it's summer. Yes, everybody, if you haven't believed it yet, it's summer. I know that we've been seeing extreme heat all over the nation right now. And especially here in Tampa, Florida, where we're seeing early in the morning, like this morning at 5.30 a.m., when it, when it breached above 85 degrees with a 85% humidity and a 92% dew point, um, actually a 92 degree dew point, and it was hot. You know, so it kind of it makes you stress just a little bit more, right? Especially when you have to get out there and train. Even as a beginner, as you step out onto the road to do your very first run or you're just starting to run, you're just trying to get a mile in, the heat can take its toll. When you're running at 50, 60, God, 65, 70 degrees with no humidity, it feels like a dream. It feels meditative. That's why I like to run. I like to run to get out there and just be just be in solace, just be meditative. But the heat kind of changes that for me. I've got to learn. I've got to I've got to actually bring back my pace and it's hard, right? I mean, I've got goals just like all of you do and most of my clients. And this time of year, the biggest complaint I get from my clients is, "Hey, I couldn't hit my metrics." because of the heat and you know what i mostly time i tell them yeah you're absolutely right you're not going to hit your metrics because your metrics are based on ultimate conditions and right now we're not going to have that at least not till the middle of september if not till the beginning of october and that's okay that's why we do more of our workouts based on rpe or rate of perceived exertion or rate of perceived effort rather than based on our goal time, our goal race pace. That's what I want to talk about today. I am going to give you the whys, physiological stats, and then I'll give you five ways to deal with the heat, okay? Things to help. You're never going to be able to absolutely perform at those ultimate levels in this heat, but I can help you make it just a little bit more bearable. So, Let's just take a moment for our sponsors. This episode of the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast is brought to you by my favorite bike shop, Outspoken Bicycles. Serving the community with the top cycling maintenance, fitting, and customer service professionals, Outspoken is the bike shop for anyone from the occasional rider to the elite mountain road or triathlon athlete. Providing bikes and accessories from the top manufacturers like Giant, Felt, and Specialized, Outspoken Bicycles can fulfill all of your cycling needs. Outspoken Bicycles, here in South Tampa, Clearwater, Florida, or at www.outspoken.net. Again, that's www.outspoken.net. And we're back. So we were talking about the heat, right? And it's summer. Let me paint a picture. So you're out there and you're running, right? 
And maybe the first mile ain't so bad. And the second mile is not so bad. But all of a sudden, that third mile, it just gets harder. The legs feel a little bit heavier. The mouth is a little bit drier. Just the paces aren't what you expect them to be. But then you look at your temperature. Maybe it's on your watch. Maybe it's on your bike. Maybe it's on the wall of the pool. And you see that it's 95 degrees outside. Well, why can't you hit your metrics when it's that high? Or why can't you sustain your metrics when the heat is that high? Well, let me tell you, it's energy. It's blood distribution. Why does it take so much energy? Because our blood is being filtered to the surface of our skin in order to cool it. That's the biggest issue. We have a certain amount of blood, and it's got to be distributed to whichever of our systems are taking most of the toll, right? When we're running, our legs, our core, um, our heart, our, our cardiovascular system. When we're biking, our cardiovascular system, our legs, um, our core, um, our back. When we're swimming, pretty much the whole thing, arms, legs, core, it's all being needed. But if I've now got to move that distribution to the surface of the skin, well, there's got to be a balance, right? So something's got to give. So in order for us to cool ourselves, for the body to go into that survival mode and cool itself, we've got to move some of that blood. And it's going to automatically do it. There's nothing that we can do about it. There's things to make it more bearable. There's things to, 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 to help that, that blood distribution return back to the extremities. But when it's that hot, that's what's going to happen. There's only a couple of things that we can possibly do. Basically, what's going on is this. The blood is being filtered away from the muscles. It's being filtered away from the digestive system. And it's also being filtered away from the brain. The energy in this case, like I said, is the blood distribution. The blood will go to the first surface of the skin rather than the muscles. Our muscles tend to feel tighter. They tend to slow down a bit. They don't twitch as fast. Suddenly decide you're not hungry, so you don't take in calories, which are energy, which does, which does uh, uh, help you supply more blood, more nutrients to the blood so it can work efficiently. But you're not hungry because it's hot. Right, And sometimes we're not even drinking, which was what we should be doing. But worst case is the brain. For all of you experienced athletes out there, have you ever looked back at a race that might have been a little hot and noticed that you made some poor decisions? Well, this is why. You're actually losing some of that blood distribution from the brain. Sometimes it feels hazy. And you'll make decisions that you might not in better conditions. You know, you might have tried to overtake that person in front of you that was going much faster or at least at a higher perceived effort than you should have been. You might have have gone at a higher power when you probably should have pulled back on your power. You're making some of these decisions that you probably wouldn't have. And then you look back and go, God, I know better than that. Why would I do such a thing? Well, it's because the blood distribution of your body is actually the blood is moving away from the brain and you're not getting as much, which might cause some of those possible things to happen. So that would lead me to one of my clients, uh, one of my clients, their, their next question. Well, then what, maybe I should just keep training in the heat. Maybe I should train in the heat more. And then, you know, you always say that 
the greatest thing about the human body is that it adapts. Well, yes, and that could happen, and it will. The thing is, is that training in the heat is one thing, but in order for our bodies to actually adapt to that heat, you'd have to stay in the heat. So that means not only training in the heat, but that means living out there, spending most of the day with the windows open, sleeping with the windows open. You know, that's why the Kenyans can do what they do. They don't have a lot of air conditioning out there. So yeah, you can probably go ahead and adapt, but you're going to need to turn off your air conditioner. I don't think anybody's going to be doing that, right? But however, the more you train in the heat, the more you learn to suffer better. You're not adapting, but you might learn something by training a little bit more in the heat, trying different things in the heat that are another, you know, other mental uh, exercises to get you to make better decisions while you're out on the race course. You'll learn what you need to do to get through it, but it will not likely make you any faster. But like I said, you will learn to suffer better, okay? Let me tell you about ways that you can help yourself going through the heat. All right, so you always heard hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. I'm going to tell you that again. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. But the thing is, you want to make sure that you're completely hydrated before you start training. So that's number one. Number one is hydrate continually. Not just with water. While you're out training, it almost does nothing for you. You really do need a sports drink with electrolytes. Water not only it will hydrate you but it also filters out the sodium which we need to keep in balance you realize that even taking in the normal amount of water after you've been sweating could actually cause hyponatremia which is like the opposite of dehydration but it's not um hyponatremia is when we're basically drowning our cells where our cells have so much water in them that the oxygen can't get through and we know through normal glycolysis is what was what helps us and what makes our muscles move. Oxygen, glucose, goes through the Krebs cycle inside the cells, makes ADP, and that's the energy that makes our muscles move. Well, if you have too much water in there, there the oxygen has no way for it to filter through, which will then mix with the glyco with, with the glucose, which then helps glycolysis, which then helps you make ADT. ATP. If you have too much water and not enough sodium, which is we need to keep in balance, then you could actually end up with hyponatremia by just by drinking up too much water. So while you're training, it is much better for you to have an electrolyte sports drink than straight water. Not that you can't do a little bit of both, but it needs to mostly be uh, in some sort of electrolyte drink mix. And there's other things that have electrolytes in it besides, you know, besides besides sports drink, but sports drinks are the most readily available. Again, what I wanted to say was to make sure that you're hydrated prior. We also want to know how much are you going to need? How much water? How much liquid? How much of that do you need? Well, the only way for us to find that is to do a sweat test. Experts say that you should not lose more than 2% of your body weight during exercise, right? Personally, I found that the body can function on 80% of what it loses. So I've always steered my clients to, all right, you want to look at 80% of what your body loses. And the best way to find that out is a sweat test. Easily done, right? Weigh yourself nude before your exercise and then weigh yourself after. But also account for what you took in and for maybe what you let go. 
right? Let's say that you get back from a run. You, you went out for a run for one hour. You didn't take anything in. You didn't take anything out. And, and you lost one pound. Well, that's 16 ounces. So then I would say is if you look at your temperature of the, of the time that you ran and the humidity and the dew point, and you want to put that down, and if you come close to those numbers when you are training the next time, then you want to take in somewhere around 13 ounces. It's actually 12.8, but let's be real. You can go with 13 ounces. So you would know that your body needs 13 ounces of fluid while you're training. Now, you don't want to take all that in at one time, obviously. So you're talking about 13 ounces. Maybe you want to divide that by four, which is three to four ounces every 15 to 20 minutes, right? And that'll help. Or you can, you know, take in six ounces every, you know, every 25 minutes, you know, six, six and a half ounces. Um, and that's how you find out your sweat test. So if you go out for two hours, find out how much you lost, how much you take in, you know, then you subtract how much you take in, you add back in how much you took out, and then you'll come up with how much you're losing and then divide that by two. And then you'll get how many you did for your, you know, for the two hour run. Um, but I would be very specific and start journaling about what the temperature, the dew point and the humidity was so that when you race, you can look at those numbers and go, okay, I'm going to need to do this. I'm going to have to come closer to this rate versus another rate. Uh, just recently, I was talking to one of my ex-clients who had just got done doing Montremplant. Uh, I am 70.3, did pretty well. Um, and he was asking me, he was like, you know what? I don't understand it, but this is the first time that I actually felt some GI issues during the run. I never feel that way. And it actually started... You know, as soon as I finished the bike and I said to him, well, what were you doing? I said, did you change anything? I said, no. And he said, um, and I says, well, why not? I says, wasn't the temperature different way up north than it is way down here by the equator? He goes, well, yeah. And I says, well, that's your problem. I says, you're not going to sweat at the same rate in those cooler temperatures than you are down here. So, of course, you're not going to need as much fluid. And he's like, aha. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we kind of figured that out for him. And hopefully, the next time, he will take that into account. So, hopefully, you can take that as a learning experience. So, that's number one. Number one, hydrate continuously. Make sure that you're hydrate, you hydrate beforehand. And make sure that you have a, you've done a sweat, sweat test so you know what to do while you're training and how much to take in. All right, an interesting study for number two. So number two is Slurpee Pryor. Huh? What that? Is that a new comedian, Slurpee Pryor? Uh, he might be funny, but because it's obviously not me. Maybe that could be my, my stage name, Slurpee Pryor. Anyway, what I mean by Slurpee Pryor. Uh, new studies have come out that if you have like a snow cone, a Slurpee, they call that at 7-Eleven, they call it an Icy, whatever you want to call it. If you have it beforehand, in other words, you've kind of pre-cooled your core, that it has a positive impact while you are training in the heat. Cool? All right. One, hydrate continuously. Two, Slurpee prior. Slurpee prior. All right. Number three, we just go back to using electrolyte drinks, okay? So this is just what are the electrolyte drinks that you need. You've got your Gatorades. Uh, you've got your um, – there's Infinite. There's Heed. There is plenty of different ones out there, Powerade, all of those. And you want to kind of keep those in balance. What the electrolyte drinks will do is keep the sodium and the water in balance, 
um, along with, you know, potassium. So pay attention to, you know, what is in your electrolyte drink? How much sodium is in there? And is are you getting enough? They're basically saying that most males need uh, about 1,200 milligrams per hour, uh, per hour if you are in the high-intensity sports. For women, I think it's something like 750. That's kind of a general guideline. I don't know if I, how much I'd go about that, but you could figure that out via um, a sweat test as well is basically figuring out what is the sweat content. If you're a salty sweater, you're probably going to need more. So basically, if you're if you finish a workout and you've got a salty lining, then you probably might need to increase your salt. If you don't, you probably can stick with just what your average salt intake is, but you have to keep it going. So electrolyte drinks, you might need something with a higher salt content or you might need something with a, with a lower uh, salt content. Hydrate continuously, serve prior, make sure you're drinking electrolyte drinks and ones that will work for you. Four ice which could be ice down the shorts ice down your torso ice down the back ice on the chest and basically you know it sounds strange um and especially when i tell guys this you know send short send ice down your shorts especially during a race because they're going to have ice there right so if you can find that you know it, it could be cold water don't get me wrong but the idea is to cool the skin down and it comes from what i started talking about was that the blood flow goes to the skin to cool it down. Well, if you could take ice and you can cool down the surface of the skin, then you're helping out that blood that blood distribution and it doesn't need to go to that, at least at that point in time. And it's really interesting because I've always found when I have shoved ice down my tri-bottoms or my... my, my um, my cycling shorts or whatever that yeah i did yeah don't get me wrong it was a little bit chilly when i first got over the first shock i did get a little bit of an extra energy boost you know because uh that blood distribution was able to filter itself out to to other places and go back to the extremities at least for that point in time um the problem is in very very hot circumstances obviously that la- that ice doesn't last very long hydrate continuously slurpy prior drink electrolyte drinks made for you Ice, ice baby. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, very, very self-explanatory. Train early. Get out there. Like I said, it was 5.30. It was 86 degrees. But at 9 o'clock a.m., it's already 92, 93, 94. So if I can at least, I'll take what I can get, right? So train early and train as early as you can. You know, if you can train before the sun comes up, you don't have to worry about that, right? So... It doesn't negate all the other rules, training early, but it will help you, you know, at least get your training in and, and getting it done to as close to your metrics as possible. So there are my five rules for hydrating or my five ways to help you hydrate. There are plenty of other tips and tricks out there to to help you keep your hydration, to help keep cool you down, to um, help you get that blood back into the extremities but at least now you hopefully are have a little bit of knowledge as to why you're feeling like you're feeling and my suggestion pull back just pull back if you're you know pull back on your power pull back on your pacing swimming's pretty good um but sometimes you find yourself in the, in the uh second uh part of the day if you decide to go swimming that even though the water, you know, is refreshing to some point. It's still hot and you'll still swim 
probably faster and more efficiently in cooler water. Um, but most of this comes from, you know, bicycling and running. Uh, if you're doing obstacle racing, if you're, you know, running stairs or anything like that, pull back, take plenty of breaks, you know, and douse yourself with water if you can, but just pull back. Interesting anecdote. And then I will shut this down. I decided to go out and run with a friend and she is just a little bit slower than I. And she also was having some issues. So we really pulled it back. And my workout for the day was a quick warm-up. And then it was seven miles of aerobic. And then three miles of race pace or higher. And so we were running. And I was much... Because uh, she runs slightly slower than I do, I was really pulling back. So we were running about 9.15 miles, something like that. Well, when I got to my last three miles, I did have a little bit more, even though it was hot. And it was. It was hot and it was humid. Um, my last three miles were pretty were, were, were pretty good because I had saved all that and I was able to run. I at least had three miles in me at the end uh, because I had pulled back even further than what I usually would. And that made all the difference. So take that into consideration and it's okay ladies and gentlemen it is okay for you to pull back and go just a little bit slower than normal i look forward to having another podcast with you uh next week and i'm hoping because i am racing this weekend ladies and gentlemen i will be racing the ironman ohio 70.3 on sunday and I hope to uh, be able to do a podcast from the race and kind of give you a blow-by-blow um, before and after, as in prep, and then how things are going. And then hopefully I'll have a couple of guests with me as well, and we'll do kind of a, you know, kind of a mashup of different aspects of the race. And that's what I'm hoping. So don't quote me on it, because I don't know the quality and I really want the quality to be well I want it to be better than it did on the last one and I'm gonna to have to bring a portable recorder but I'm hoping to be able to give you a blow by blow of the Ironman Ohio 70.3 till then ladies and gentlemen I appreciate you listening please go ahead and leave me some comments on the website at www.innerfireendurance.com or please subscribe wherever you decide to listen to your podcasts. That could be on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, iHeartRadio, m- most applications. But if you can't find Inner Fire Endurance Podcast on your favorite app, please dr- drop me a comment uh, on the show notes and I will go ahead and make sure that it is available for you. All right. So. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brad Minus. I am Coach Brad. And what I'll say to you is please keep sparking desire and considering limits. <laughs>